0: Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Join us as we sit down with church leaders to discuss relevant trends and issues for today's church. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into a new episode of Camp Radio.
1: Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. Glad to have you all back listen to us again Uh, my name is Kevin Pearson and I'll be uh, be the host today and today we have with us Marvin Robertson and he is uh, a good friend of mine for a long time Um, yeah I can't remember how long 30
0: probably close to 30 years. 30 years
1: -hmm. yeah somewhere around there and uh, so you happen to be in town Marvin is the pastor at Bethel Baptist Church in Citronelle Alabama which uh, I spent about 10 years, my family and I, there in Citronelle. Great little town. Two traffic lights? Do they have more than two traffic lights? We may up? have three. Oh, awesome. <laughs> 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 so it's, it's a great place, close to the coast, and I uh, love the people there in Citronelle and lower Alabama, L.A., and mm-hmm. a good place. So, uh, uh, Marvin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. Uh, I... Um from alabama originally uh parents are from uh the lower section of alabama and um my dad was in grocery business so moved us around a lot and uh we ended up in citronelle Hmm. and so i was in citronelle in eighth grade moved in and then through the years god directed uh um my family to church uh putting my dad's heart a desire to get his family in church and um Someone that he worked with, invited him to uh, Bethel Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad brought us. And within three months, I was at a youth camp and uh, gave my heart to Jesus Christ. That's awesome. And ever since then, everything has changed. Just radically. I I think back and wonder where my life would be today if I wasn't saved when I was saved Mm -hmm. between my eighth and ninth grade year. Yeah. And and so now I'm I'm married uh, to Jennifer. And uh, we have four kids together, hmm. uh, two girls and two boys. And uh, I'm truly just grateful for my family. And uh, just seeing how, uh, just thinking back, to just seeing the fingerprints of God and uh, how he's directed our family and his goodness yeah. is uh, a little overwhelming, to be honest. Right. But yeah. truly grateful for my family. And, and then just uh, even ministry, you know, being saved and then, <laughs> Being called into ministry years later, right. never expecting that and, and then now being able to serve the Lord even in uh in the high times and the low times and right. just seeing the faithfulness of God through it all.
1: Yeah. Now I, I was sitting here thinking now when you were my first intern mm-hmm. at uh, Camp Western Pines. And so were you you just graduated high school, is that right? Or were you at University of Mobile? I was at University of Mobile at okay. that point. Yeah. Um, but maybe
0: only in my first year.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah you and you were feeling the call to the ministry at that point. Yeah. That's right. That's why you were there. Mm-hmm. So it was neat to be able to see you grow during that time. Then you weren't with me. Did you stay for a year? I did I about think, a year.
0: I think I was uh, all together about two years. About two years. There okay. can't Yeah,
1: yeah. So that was some some good times and some some. Uh, probably things that we shouldn't talk about (laughs) not just kidding yeah well and it's neat that you met your wife um i was trying to remember Mm -hmm. where you met her
0: well their church burned during the time i was working at kent whisper and At first
1: baptist church that's right yes
0: and so um you graciously Mm -hmm. opened the camp and they had uh, all their wednesday night services there Mm -hmm. and so when i would get done um the role I had as a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. I would come in and I would make sure all the buildings were uh, lights turned off, doors locked. Right. And um, Jennifer mm-hmm. served with their youth ministry team. And so uh, I knew her uh, as the older sister. I, I went to school with her brother. Yeah. We were in the same grade. And so I right. uh, only knew her as the older sister, but uh, it didn't take long for her uh, to me take a little liking to her right. you know and so <laughs> and uh thankful she took a liking to me now i just uh, see how god directed us i was going through a period of time where god was uh had wrecked my heart for missions mm-hmm. and gave me a burden for missions yeah. and um jennifer on, on the same hand uh, the lord had done the same thing with her and so she was feeling the call into missions and uh, praying for a husband that mm-hmm. had a heart for missions and God had been forming that in me. And uh, I guess when we reconnected there at camp, um, we realized we had a lot of common
1: interests. Right. Now, she was, uh, was she still in college going to be a nurse? Is that's that right? right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's pretty neat. Yeah. That's right. All those uh, memories are just kind of flooding yeah. back now. So some of, have-
0: You know, it's amazing uh, just thinking back. Just I mentioned my salvation story but I had planned to be a pharmacist. Hmm. When I was a kid <clears throat> in sixth grade in Mississippi, yeah. where we lived there for a portion of time, we had a booklet where you could look at a career and you could look at how many years of schooling it would take
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then the uh, average income. Yeah. And so uh, I think, think I was pretty smart at the time maybe, but <laughs> I looked down the column of the least amount of years of school and the most amount of pay <laughs> and came up with a pharmacist. Right. And my mom was working at a uh, pharmacy at the time, and so from the 6th grade to the 12th grade, I was planning on being a pharmacist. Mm. And then my spring break of my senior year, mm. God made it obvious that was not the plan, and I felt a call in the ministry, and uh, and I ran pretty hard for about six months. Yeah. Um, but then uh, surrendered one day while driving to a local community college mm. uh, on uh, I-65. Yeah. and uh, And God specifically... Kevin told me in my spirit that if I would trust him, he'll provide for every need. Yeah, And I was just sharing with a younger um, guy the other day who's dealing with a call in ministry that um, when God called me, I, I'm certain that I heard his call mm-hmm. and I was certain that I I heard the lord say that he would provide for every need yeah and god's been more than faithful right. i can remember telling someone after i surrendered ministry and they said well you need to make sure you have a backup plan mm-hmm. be bivocational and and i've done some bivocational things right. during ministry but i was quick to tell that precious saint and uh she has a huge influence in my life i mm-hmm. said that's not what god told me god right. said he would provide if i trusted him yeah and god has yeah. and uh I can remember working at the camp and, um, desiring to be in a relationship and, uh, looking for a girlfriend and, you know, the whole thing. And, uh, the Lord directed my heart during that time, uh, to date him. I know that sounds odd and may sound Mm -hmm. a little strange, but, so I spent a year just quote unquote dating God. I would wake up early, uh, in the, uh, house that we lived in there, Mm -hmm. uh, Whispering Pines and, uh. I would spend over an hour in this uh, meditation and prayer, and reading mm-hmm. scripture, scripture memory. I was doing a lot of that. And then at nighttime, I would spend about another hour. Yeah. And um, during that time, I started making a list of qualities I was looking for in a future spouse. Mm-hmm. And um, meanwhile, uh, I was dealing with this call to ministry. I was going to mm-hmm. University of Mobile. And uh, in my mind, I was thinking youth ministry, yeah. you know, maybe even camping ministry because yeah. working at the camp and trying to you know, decipher all of that. And uh, I had to take one more class in a fall semester, and the only one available was Life and Work of a Missionary. And I was thinking, oh, great. (laughs) You know, my thought was always missionaries are a little strange when they come to church on (laughs) Wednesday nights or Sunday afternoon service. But uh, in that class, you know, we are reading stuff about these missionaries who would pack their possessions in a coffin Hmm. to go overseas and um literally that they were giving up their entire life yeah. to follow that calling yeah. and and God just wrecked me. Yeah. I just remember thinking uh, who am I to to dictate to God what I'm going to do and just seeing all these stories of faithful men and women who served the Lord through uh previous generations. It was just eye opening. Right. And um and in the same moment I'm praying about a future spouse and God's working through all these things. I look back now and I can see how all that was being orchestrated together, and um, in Jennifer's church, it burned down. They're mm-hmm. using Kent Whispering Pines. We met, right. and um, you know, we uh, fell in love with one another, and I'm just thankful for where we are now. Yeah. And and um, and the, the journey's been difficult. We, yeah. We've gone through a church that split, mm-hmm. and just the devastation of going through that mm-hmm. in ministry and being a young minister, and just wondering why all this happened. Right. And I can remember even asking some of the ministry leaders on both sides of people that have one position, people at the other, and just asking about humility mm-hmm. and just asking, is there any middle ground, is there any way we can come together? And I can remember just the responses. And um, and I can remember after the church had a vote and um uh, pastor was uh, the outcome that took place, I can remember... That afternoon, telling Jennifer, I'm done with ministry,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm going to find a job and start applying. I said I've got a degree now, and maybe in Christian studies, but I'm going to find something to do mm-hmm. that's not ministry related. Yeah. Fifteen <laughs> minutes after I declared that on that Sunday afternoon, after this devastating vote and and all the things that took place, a teenager called me, and, and he said, uh, "That was pretty wild this morning, wasn't it, Martin?" I said, "Yeah, <laughs> that was bad." <laughs> And he said, well, with that aside, he said, "Uh, I need some help. I just need to grow deeper in my faith. Would you help me do that? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And that was an on-time call because uh, I just kind of buckled down. I I was still devastated and still didn't even have a plan. my mind, I was was hurt deeply through all that had took place. But um, that was a neat time to just be able to pour into him Uh, our student ministry. I believe the Wednesday night before that took place, there were 70 students hmm. on a Wednesday night. The Wednesday night after all that took place on Sunday, yeah. three students showed up.
1: Hmm.
0: He was one of the three. Yeah. And we started over and just really poured into those few that were coming. Right. And uh, I saw God just really move in their heart and lives. Yeah. And um, then after that, we moved to New Orleans with yeah. a seminary right. and uh, kind of started a new transition at that point. Point
1: in life, you know. Right. Well, tell me a little bit about. That. I know that. Uh, so, so you're you're at Bethel Baptist, which right now as the pastor, mm-hmm. that's your home church. That's a that's church right. you grew up in. That's right. So, what is that like? I mean, here you you were a, you were a youth pastor at First Baptist, mm-hmm. uh, which burned, and then from there. You went on to—I can't remember—you went on seminary from I went, there. I went to seminary during that time, and then when you came back, where which, did you come back to Bethel? Well, we did, but we just came back as a church member. Yeah,
0: um, we um, moved to New Orleans, thinking we we're going to the mission field. Mm-hmm. So we we're trying to put in the minimum number of hours and go with a international right. mission board. And some plans changed in the fall, and um, some things came up, come up, and we realized that. Um, We weren't going to be able to go on the mission field like we had hoped, Mm -hmm. and uh, probably not with the International Mission Board (laughs) at the time. And so um, that was devastating news. That was part of the reason we moved down. We're thinking, well, God, did we miss, Mm -hmm. you know, you you directing us here. And then Jennifer became pregnant Mm -hmm. a few months, uh, about a month after all that. And um, we lost a baby within uh, a week of finding out.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. She wasn't far along, but it was devastating. Right. And I remember being at a crisis of belief, wondering, you know, I'm, I almost felt like a hypocrite, Kevin, because mm-hmm. I was at seminary learning how to effectively minister and serve people of God and serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was having a crisis of belief, if I truly still believed that God was good. Mm-hmm. I started questioning his existence. Yeah, And I can remember being in classes, learning more about the Lord and then in the back of my mind really questioning his existence his goodness mm-hmm. and if I was going to serve him and so it was a unique period of time we we were serving in a church in um New Orleans as well and um and through all that we finished seminary and um and we moved back to Citronelle yeah. and uh I just took a uh a job doing some home repair and construction with my father in law, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of took a, a break during that period of time. Yeah, and um, but even during all that, God began to show us that uh, not only was He real, but that He was good, right, and provided for us. We had a mission team one time, and and I guess all the years at Camp prepared me for. Uh, ministering in, in, in New Orleans yeah. because uh, it was post-Katrina. It was 2008. We moved in. Started serving the church 2009. They were rebuilding the church and then also they were uh, they had repeat teams that would mm. come back and want to do community ministry. Right, And so the pastor put me over the community ministry mm. and we were reaching out to a lot of inner city kids and uh, had a group from Forney, Texas. They came and they served with us and it was a long day it was in the summer of 2010 and we had about 60 kids we picked up on a greyhound bus their greyhound bus to the church and um started early that morning it was nine o'clock at night and one of the pastors said Marvin can we pray for you I said please do so (laughs) he's in the middle of this prayer and then right in the middle he stopped and he said Lord would you hear Marvin and his wife's prayer for children Hmm. so we were struggling after we lost the baby we were starting to go through fertility treatments and and nothing was seeming to work and yeah. we were incredibly discouraged through all that still going through this crisis of belief and he began to pray that that night and said god would you hear their prayer for children hmm. and uh, i remember going home that night and telling jennifer i said jennifer i said through that prayer i felt like the lord just spoke to my heart and spirit and said i've heard your prayers and i've got a plan And the next day, we received a phone call about the possibility of adopting Mm -hmm. an unborn baby. Oh, wow. And um, it took a lot of prayer. And uh, I wish I could tell you I had the faith to say, thank you, Lord. Yeah. But I had all the what if questions. Right. And uh, within three months, uh, we were able to have home studies done, had everything lined up. And we were able to adopt our oldest daughter. And outside the doctor delivering her, I was the first one ever to hold her. That's awesome. So we were able to adopt her at birth, and um, and it's just amazing <laughs> thinking back how God's been faithful right. through that. Yeah. And so all that took place, and then we moved back home to Citronelle, right. and we were just attending Bethel as church members. Mm-hmm. And uh, within a few months, uh, we felt a call to go to Guatemala mm-hmm. and spend a portion of time. And we weren't sure if we were going to move there permanently or if it was just going to be temporarily. But um, we moved down the summer of 2011 to help plant a church hmm. and build a building. And in the middle of that summer, I felt like the Lord revealed to us that we were going to be mobilizers and not actually live there yeah. at that period of time. And um, my home church, Bethel, the pastor, Stan Clayton, he came that summer. And uh, one day while driving out to the village, he was just asking what next? You know, are y'all right. gonna stay here, you know, um, past the summer? And I was explaining to him what felt like the Lord had shared with me, and he said, "I well, want you to consider coming back home to Bethel as far as being a on staff as a pastor with me." Hmm. And um, and so that's how I actually came back full circle right. to the church that I was attended as a teenager, was saved in, and now I'm serving you know, in and, and this role of right. uh, discipleship, yeah. pastor, discipleship pastor, associate pastor role. Yeah. And uh, and then through the years from, that was in 2011, October. <laughs> and then through the years, that's kind of changed in some different roles. Right. You know, whereas now I'm serving as the actual pastor. Yeah. You
1: so know. what was, uh, that? you know, that's a, th- there are pastors that uh, end up being pastoring their home church. Uh, and so here you, you've, uh, you came in as a church member, came to youth pasture and now pastoring. And I, I can imagine how many people you can count that's in your congregation that actually saw you as a child, saw you grow up. Yeah. So what is what is that like? It's
0: unique. Someone not long ago even said, you know, I find it incredibly tough to call you Brother Marvin because <laughs> I remember you as a teenager, Marvin. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's funny. Uh, but it is. It It comes with some challenges. But also, uh, what a blessing! Yeah, because my parents both go to church. Yeah, uh, my home church, and now my wife's parents, so my mm. in-laws go there. That's neat. And um, and so now all my children get to be in a church family with their family. It's a special thing. Yeah, and, uh, and the church has changed over time uh, under Brother Stan's leadership. Uh, as a teenager, the church was fairly small. Yeah. Uh, the Lord used Brother Stan to help revitalize the church. Right. And he focused on prayer, uh, high priority in God's word, and reaching young families. Right, And uh, and our church is, uh, has grown since Brother Stan was pastor, and then as it's transitioned to me yeah.
1: being pastor. Yeah. Well, and you have to almost—you uh, can't visualize unless you've been there. It doesn't feel like—I know the church probably addresses in Citronelle in this little town— but if i remember right and i know it's been 15 years since i've been there if you drove out of town you just drove on this road it seemed like miles and out in the middle of uh pine trees and it seemed like a long ways away but it was still in this little town that's right but the neat thing about it is is that this little community was was 40 minutes away from mobile is just a very close community, very friendly. You know that's the thing about I loved about uh, living in in Lower Alabama is that everybody was so kind and polite. It didn't matter you know uh, you know who they were or who you were. And so I, we found ourselves there for ten years of feeling like we were part of the community. And so it was kind of neat and get to know your your parents. Your mom had the best, uh, deli in town and we were sad when she closed it. But, uh, I remember, I I think we got chicken salad there. It was awesome. I just remember that, but, but, uh, it's just neat to be able to see you in that, that place and the place that you are now. And of course, my wife and I are very proud of you. And we tell you that every time we see you, uh, but to see God work in your life. Now, uh, during COVID, you had a tough time during COVID.
0: Yeah, I did. It was, uh, it was pretty, uh, Pretty tough little go. Uh, even prior to that, we, our church went through a lot of loss, mm-hmm. lost a lot of people. Um, and these were some members that were uh, faithful servants in our church. And in um, 2017, our pastor, Stan Clayton, had a major stroke. Mm-hmm. And um, I had came on full time. I was part time, was working as a hospice chaplain and mm-hmm. a bereavement coordinator, bivocationally. And um, the church came to me um, in October of 2017, said, "Would you come on full time?" Mm-hmm. And so we worked through all that and it um, might have been a little prior. I think I started uh, October 2017. One month later, Brother Stan had a stroke mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was incredibly um, difficult. Um, we praise God that he's still with us but affected him in a great way mm-hmm. and uh, where he was partially paralyzed and mm-hmm. affected his speech. Yeah. And um, I am thankful for our church family. Our church just walked faithfully with mm-hmm. his family for three years, continued to pay him mm-hmm. uh, his full salary and, and tried to work. And And it was tough and, and trying to learn, you know, which lane to, to go through and, and serve in. But my heart through all that was to, one serve and be faithful to uh, to Brother Stan's leadership, but then also to faithfully lead our church during this trying time right and um and then, through all that, uh, it became apparent Brother Stan shared that he didn't think he was going to be able to perform role pastor, and so our church uh prayed and approached me about becoming pastor. Mm-hmm. And so our roles changed. Uh, where I was associate pastor, now Brother Stan is associate pastor, and he still does pastoral care. Yeah. But then um, I became pastor, and um, and then in 2020, um, COVID came. Uh, we were having Easter services outside hmm. uh, on that Easter Sunday, and then that next day, uh, started dealing with a terrible headache, hmm. real fatigued. I remember driving down to Mobile, and I pulled off on the side of the road, and I slept for a couple hours. Wow. And um, that week progressively got worse. My wife was doing bad, and um, we were just inside the house, kind of quarantined there. Our kids, thank God we had Easter candy from Sunday because I think they were living (laughs) off of Easter candy. And then on Saturday, I wasn't getting any better, and uh, my wife uh, took my, uh, checked my oxygen level, and it was in the 70s. Hmm she said i was turning kind of purple and blue and so she said we need to go to the emergency room yeah and so i spent two weeks and uh in the hospital wow and um i'll be honest i, I really wondered uh, if that was it if that yeah. was the end it was uh it was pretty severe mm-hmm. and um i remember the lung doctor third day in the hospital came in done a scan of my lungs and and he just point blank said if if you don't try to move in this bed and mm-hmm. try to move around. If you just lay there still, yeah, I said, you're not going to recover from this. Wow. I said, you've got to move in this bed. Do yeah. it hurts. Lay on your side. Lay on your stomach. And um had to admit, those first three days, I had a pity party. Yeah. And I was thinking, God, why? Why this? Why am I going through this? Uh, uh, and, and the Spirit of God was revealing scriptures to me that you All know right. was deep in my heart and my mind. And I can remember just almost verbally saying, God, I don't want to hear hmm. that encouragement at this moment. And hmm. and I was like that for three days. But on that third day when that doctor came in, I remember just breaking down and just saying, Lord, I had three prayers. I said, God, number one, would you just allow my lungs to, to heal and recover? Yeah. Um, my second prayer was, Lord, um, would you please minister to me? Let hmm. your Holy Spirit recall these scriptures, encourage me. Yeah my third prayer was Lord help me to be a blessing to these nurses mm. and the doctors and all of these that are here. Right. I can remember hearing people down the hallway, uh, crying one night and then the next day I didn't hear anything. And I yeah. remember asking some nurses, what about this person? And they wouldn't ever say nothing. They would just kind of shake their head. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and I took that, but right. they didn't make it. And, uh, but each day after on that Sunday, the Lord uh, just brought health to my mm. body.
1: Mm.
0: And uh, I would say it was a great reunion when I saw my kids again. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, so we made it through all that. And uh, incredibly thankful. And, you know, going through that, um, I look back and that's nothing compared to what a lot of families go through. Mm-hmm. Even families right now in our church, some things they go through. Even families I know that their loved ones didn't make it through COVID. Right. And um, so um, maybe sometimes I'm not quick to share my story mm-hmm. anymore when I went through. But I do relate under thinking about the what ifs and what if I don't make it. Right. And and I guess on the back end of it all, it just gave me a renewed zeal for ministry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and since then, and I can't say I've always been encouraged and haven't been discouraged any since then, but um, my zeal and just that. Reminder of when I was uh, first called into ministry
1: mm-hmm.
0: and surrendered on I-65 and thinking back, saying, Lord, I know that you called me into ministry. Right. Help me not to be distracted by anything else. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier about our kids and uh, the Lord answered prayers and, and we were able to adopt our first uh, child which you know we love her. She's no different than any biological child. Right. But then uh, through many years and many fertility treatments and different surgeries, and my wife had finally got to a point where we just stopped fertility, and we were just like, uh, Lord, just one day, just uh, kind of questioned me, you know, right. if uh, is He enough? Right. And I remember this answer and saying, God, You're enough. If You never answer another prayer, what You did on the cross for me is yeah. enough. Uh, providing us with one child's enough. And, uh, it wasn't long, maybe a couple of months later, uh, Jennifer called me one day and found out we were pregnant. Oh. <laughs> and so, uh, we had our first son in 2015 and, uh, it wasn't long. We had our, our next daughter in 2016. Yeah. And then, uh, the fall of 2017, my wife one night uh, wrote me a, a note. I, we just got our three kids in bed and I just got in the bed and there was a yellow sticky note and it said dad to the fourth power. <laughs> I died laughing and she started and She said, what are we going to do? I said, well, the first thing we need to do is find a babysitter. We can't just tell our parents first, we got to have some childcare. But I mentioned that just to go back and think about God's faithfulness. Right. And, uh, we're thankful for our four kids, uh, Cadence and Cooper and yeah. Carrie Bell and Carson. Yeah. And, um, you know two of them have already accepted christ in their hearts to me that's two of the four greatest prayers i've ever prayed Mm -hmm. answered and so i'm truly grateful for that but even thinking back with covid and how god has just renewed health Mm -hmm. and uh, then after that i kind of got on a health journey to Mm -hmm. get healthier myself lost a lot of weight since then that was one of the things made me susceptible uh for the virus and um and then now just trying to Continued to faithfully lead my family and my church family, right. and um, and so yeah, just thinking back, I can just see the goodness of God right. and how faithful God is to yeah. all those things.
1: Well, that's neat. Well, now tell me, we kind of uh, touched on your your heart for missions and how Guatemala came in into the picture. Let's just kind of elaborate about that because that's kind of a neat story. That you, that you feel the call to missions and, but that wasn't the direction which god wants you to to be mm-hmm. uh permanently but in a n- different capacity so tell me about this the relationship that has you have built in uh with guatemala and in your ministry there sure so
0: i mentioned earlier 2011 we went down to guatemala and uh you can go down for 90 days you get a 90-day visa when you get your passports down so that was our plan, and uh, so we went down. And the previous year, uh, the pastor that we partner with there, uh, Max, uh, Max had shared with us that a vision the Lord had placed in his heart was to plant a church in this one community, mm-hmm. because he said that he has watched generation after generation of kids grow up and not know Christ. There mm-hmm. was an evangelical church in this community, right. and so that's all we we needed to hear. And so we had a partner that raised a lot of money, and then uh, in coordination with us, we went down and oversaw the project of the church being built, but then also the church being planted, and uh, so many neat things, and I hate to digress, but one neat thing was the first service we had was the end of May Mm -hmm. uh, of 2011, and it was raining like cats and dogs,
1: Yeah,
0: and you think, how are we going to do a church service today outside with no building, and it's raining like this, the service started at 10, and at 10 sharp, the rain stopped. Oh, wow. So we had a service. About 100 <laughs> people gathered. When the last amen was said, a furious rain came. <laughs> people were running for the bus stop. People were running to their homes, scurried about. Yeah. That happened week after week after week until the roof was on the church, and it rained the entire church oh, did service. really? That's and so amazing. it was just neat to see how God This yeah. it's like a smile is what it felt right. like. But yeah, so we went down that year and, and we just kind of had a, a theme verse, John, First uh, John three sixteen, and that was just our theme verse. And, mm. and from that, our mission that summer was because of what Jesus did, he's given us life. Mm. And so we're going to live for him. And uh, because of what he did on the cross, it displayed his love for us. So we're going to love others because of the way he loved us. Yeah. And um, and then he calls us to go, and mm-hmm. so we go. And so that summer theme for us was live, love, go. Mm-hmm. And um, through the years, God just used that one church plant to be a hub of ministry in surrounding villages. And uh, we've seen uh, people be radically transformed by the gospel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I saw a, a young man who had a very good job in the city Sacrifice and moved out to this village where it's very warm it's it's not like a it's beautiful location but it's hot and uh and he moved out there and essentially moved into like a a shed is what it looked like this is the type of houses we build and we built a double shed Mm -hmm. and he and his family moved there and um he has been serving that church ever since and Mm -hmm. and now he disciples young men the church some Mm -hmm. of them going on to become pastors and ministry leaders in his church and other churches but because of all that it's opened up doors to do feeding ministries Mm -hmm. um where we have ongoing ministry to children in that community and now that's branched off in multiple communities Mm -hmm. and um and then through all these years of going on trips Other teams have heard about us, Mm -hmm. some of just connections. We never really tried to promote. We weren't trying to start an organization. This was a connection we had years ago on going on a short-term mission trip Mm -hmm. and doors open to do this church plant. And then from this church plant, it opened the door for multiple ministries. And um, we try to meet some physical needs, uh, house building, uh, providing food, medical supplies uh, ministering to kids but then as we provide those physical things it opens the door to be able to share the greatest need they have which is christ
1: so how many years have you been doing this
0: my first trip was in 2005 with evangelist named johnny tucker from citron alabama and then from that uh uh, my church bethel Uh started going down and then in 2009 we started working with pastor max But um, we have, since 2011, we've been going, and this organization has grown. And so uh, because of purchasing land and building churches, I didn't want none of that in my name. Right. And so we had to set up a nonprofit organization in Guatemala. Yeah. And uh, the name is actually Live, Love, Go, based off of that first mission statement the Lord laid on our heart. So you all have a house there. We do. Uh, The Lord opened up a door to uh, purchase a mission house from a missionary uh, uh, that had uh, served faithfully in Guatemala. In yeah. fact, that's who Brother Johnny Tucker uh, came and partnered with. And he graciously sold us the house uh, in uh, 2021. Yeah, And so now we're going through a remodel and um we're hoping that by next summer it will be up and going and we've got some other groups that partnered along with us and uh have contributed a lot of finances to help us purchase and remodel and uh it's just amazing i would have never guessed that uh we would have owned our own home there in guatemala and all this ministry would continue on because it's not just one week anymore this is a partnership of multiple churches right and um and we don't really do it to promote live love go it's not about that organization name right. it's all about christ and it's about all of our churches joining in yeah. and um we have uh multiple southern baptist churches and we have some uh, other denominations that join in with us as yeah. well uh,
1: Well, it's nice that you have a base that they can kind of pivot from they can stay there as okay because that's always uh you know difficult to <clears throat> arrange all that if you're coming doing a mission trip so to be able to have a house that you can stay in and it's safe that's always positive that's
0: right that's right it's, it's been amazing to see how god's moved and we focus more on the pacific coast of guatemala mm-hmm. and in these coastal communities and villages it's very warm i mean yeah. it's like south alabama humidity right but uh and our, our mission teams they're like heroes to me because they'll go down and knock out nine or ten twelve houses in a week's time yeah and, you know there's not a One dry stitch of clothing on you at the end of the day. But uh, how amazing it is to see a family receive something that is so humbling. I don't Mm. even know if we would park our lawnmowers in these houses, these shacks we're building. But to them, such a huge blessing. And then when we go back and dedicate homes and get to share with them, hey, this is so small Mm -hmm. compared to the greatest blessing of all, which is relationship with Christ. We've seen multiple family members give their heart to Christ during those home dedications.
1: That's neat. That's neat. Well, let's talk a little bit about two. I know that uh, you've, you have friends that you've had through the years have encouraged you. And, and I know that, you know, you were my first intern there. I've had other interns and you had, and one of those interns became one of your good friends. And uh, so I I wanted us to kind of talk about your journey in having some support and encouragement from those from, I mean, not everyone has childhood friends that mm-hmm. <clears throat> that they continue to have throughout the years through their ministry. Uh, but just in general, for a minister to have someone they can lean on, someone they don't have to feel like they're competing against, uh, that they can just tell what they're thinking and feeling, that's hard in, mm-hmm. in today, well, anytime in the ministry, because it's a lonely place. That's right. What's that like?
0: I count as a great blessing, and maybe sometimes I take it for granted Mm -hmm. until I talk to other fellow pastors and ministers and realize just a great burden Mm -hmm. that many are carrying, and they feel like they have no one to share things with. Right. And so uh, one of my dearest friends, his name is Matt Brown, Mm -hmm. and uh, when uh, my family started going to Bethel, when I was in eighth grade, Matt was... uh, in uh, senior high. Yeah. And um because we're a small Southern Baptist <laughs> church, uh when you graduated from youth there really wasn't nothing to graduate to. So you right. would either stay there or go in with older folks. And yeah. uh so Matt stayed around. He's about four years older than than myself. And um uh, so through the years, uh the Lord called me into ministry and then when he started working at Camp Whisper and Pines mm-hmm. and was your intern, uh he started dealing with the call to ministry. Right. And so now both of us are are, uh, called in the ministry, and both of us serve as pastors. And I can't tell you how how incredibly encouraging he is. One, he's just one of my best friends. And so we've done a lot together. Uh, Some things I could share, some things I definitely couldn't share (laughs) over the air. But uh, through all that, through all that. He's been on mission trips with you. Yes, Y'all do camp together. You do a lot of things together. That's right. So I was about to say, we've done a lot of ministry together, and uh, just recently, we'd done Kids Count two weeks ago, yeah. took a, hu- a picture together, and both of us have said, what a blessing it is to right. continue to do ministry together. Yeah. In fact, we were just talking about Guatemala. Matt, his church has partnered in hmm. Guatemala ministry with us. Yeah. I remember, um, and by the way, Matt is an incredible pastor. Yeah, He, he loves the Word of God. He's an incredible yeah. preacher. Yeah. And uh, in the church that he's at now in uh, uh, Uri, Alabama, uh, Poplar Springs, God has used him to bring such growth in the church. That's neat. I was with them not long ago for their uh, homecoming service, asked me to come and speak. Yeah. And it was so encouraging to be Mm -hmm. with his church family. Yeah. But, um, But Matt, five years ago, said, I want my church to be burdened for missions. I want to see them get involved in missions. Right. And so after a period of time, he and his wife was coming to Guatemala and then a few other church members and then a large team hmm. last summer. And then I challenged him. I said, Matt, this year, would you pray about this coming year, pray about just your church? Yeah. You bring a team. Yeah. He said, I don't think I could do that. And I said, oh, no, I think you can. <laughs> and so uh, he and his wife, Sarah, just took that challenge on, and they leave Saturday uh, to go down. Awesome. They'll, be heading down to Guatemala with just their team from yeah. their church and a few others from their association. Well, neat. And So it's exciting. But yeah. in saying all that, it, it's a blessing that we get to do ministry together if it's Guatemala or youth camp or kids' camp. But um, every Monday we call one another. Hmm. The summers sometimes is a little struggle, but normally every Monday we call, just yeah. check on each other. Yeah, that's and good. we'll talk about church and how things went and services. But really it's just a check on each other yeah that's good and um i look forward to that monday phone call mm. with matt and uh and there's been times that i've you know was dominant on the conversation fussing about things about church yeah. or this issue or other and there's times that he has but what we do is normally just encourage one another and we always end by praying with one another
1: right that's neat well and and that, that could be that's your challenge right there for other pastors that's right they need to find someone that Absolutely. they can, can lean on, can rely on, can uh, an account, accountability partner. In some, and I know that's difficult, uh, but we need somebody, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Marvin, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes and just uh, uh, share with us a little bit about your, your story. And which, you know, I love to sit here. We could have talked a lot longer and uh, about your, your life and what God's done. It's always refreshing to build to talk to someone who is just so open to to God's movement and spirit. And so that's uh, that's encouraging to me. So I appreciate you sharing this. I
0: appreciate what you do to (laughs) help encourage pastors. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, uh, if you have any questions for what we do at TM Baptist Camps or for Marvin, uh, he would love to answer those questions and we can give you some information, too. If you have questions, you can send us an email at carsonpodcast at uh, Also, if you're listening on, on Spotify or on iTunes, if you want to leave a comment, that will help others to listen to this great resource. I hope that next time you'll listen uh, to our podcast. Uh, we'll have a great show next time. But Until then, I hope that you'll look for opportunities to share Christ with someone you know.
0: Thank you for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org or you can email us at CarsonPodcast at tnbaptist.org.